Greetings and salutations, peoples. This is the Nubian Sumo coming to you live from parts unknown and bringing you in for another edition of the Sideline Junkies Saturday Night WrestleManiacs. And of course, I have my cohorts, my parejas, as we say in Los Gubernables de Japón. My the driver of the mothership, the big guy, KG. Yeah. And the people's choice, Mr. Bubbleguts himself, Don Rodriguez. Oh wow. That's how you you coming for my neck now? You trying to you trying to shoot hard from the hip I see. Hey, I'm just pre it's a preemptive strike because I know you coming for me. <laughs> wow. Well, if we're gonna treat anything or you know, the Japanese learned anything from Pearl Harbor, you don't start something that you expect me to finish. Cause uh I might have to uh drop that nuke on you at some point. Just be prepared. Yeah, okay. You see, you see that KG? He just started off right off the rip, man. I didn't even Say hi, how are you doing? I was about to give him props that, you know, he went out and he early voted, you know, looking like the mummy. I mean, I, that was, I was pretty proud of him for that. You know, he had his mask on and everything. That, that was a good thing. Right. I had my mask on. I was representing my college, you know, let everybody know that, you know, North Carolina Central University was doing what they were supposed to be doing. I, Went out and dropped my ballot off today. I sure did. Now that that's good things, and that's pretty much all that we're going to hear from Nubian Sumo today. So, thank you for participating. Your participation award will be in the mail next year. You know, COVID and all, we can't get it when we need it to be, so it'll be on delay. So, this week, got, as long as it's got at least five zeros on it, it's all good. Uh, I said it's a participation award. That pretty much means you're getting an ink pen. I just felt you should know. It may or may not have the WrestleManiacs logo on it, but it will be an ink pen. It may or may not have ink in it, but it may be an ink pen. So that's your participation award. Congratulations. So in other words, so in other words, you use ink with you use pens with no ink in it, kind of like having a pencil with no lead. No, in other words, we're not going to put the ink in it because, yeah, we we're, we just don't believe in you that much. So, um... Your pencil ain't got no lead. Oh. <laughs> we all know my pencil got some lead. Like, shoot. Well, yeah, I uh, yeah, come many to think kids, about it, yeah. Many, many kids I got clicked off yeah, a couple yeah, yeah. times. Me too. Me too. <laughs> Heck yeah, that's what my kids say. Like, who wants something for Christmas? Me too. Me too. <laughs> Hell yeah, it's like if y'all don't get a me job, pay me back. That's what it need to be. You'll Speaking of jobs, home. Speaking of jobs, James, you're fired. So uh, this week right. we're gonna cover uh, three big topics uh, that happened in a wonderful world of uh, wrestling, wrestling, and sports entertainment. Now that we've got all the James pleasantries done, the first one, we're going to break down the full uh, completion thus far of the draft between last Friday on SmackDown 
and this past Monday. We're going to touch on AEW versus NXT for this week. And AEW was the one-year anniversary show. And then the push, we're going to have some uh, Delonte giving us his thoughts. And then after that, we're going to go ahead and do just a little itty bit of a Hell in a Cell preview talking about uh, our impressions on Sasha Banks versus Bailey thus far, and then also the current status of how we feel about the storyline with Roman Reigns and Jay Uso. So just to give some, uh, some context and some totality to what happened on the draft thus far without factoring in the free agents that may start popping in and out, I'm just going to read some uh we can use uh, kg's favorite buzzword analytics and and uh breakdown of who was drafted to what brand <clears throat> so for the red brand their number one draft pick was drew mcintyre for the men followed by oscar as number one for the women they took the entire hurt business all four uh, uh members of the hurt business aj styles naomi Nia and Shayna, Ricochet, Mandy, Ms. Morrison, Kofi, Kingston, and Xavier Woods as what will become them getting the Raw Tag Team Champions uh, Championships. Dana Brooke, Angel Garza, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, Charlotte, Braun, Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, Alexa Bliss, all of Retribution to include the one female that is supposed to come in to Retribution and replace Mercedes Martinez, Elias, Lacey Evans, Sheamus, Nikki Cross, Dabakato, the 47-time 24-7 champion, R-Truth, Tucker, Titus O'Neil, Peyton Royce, Akira Tozawa, Lana, Riddick Moss, Arturo Rujas, and Jeff Hardy. So that is raw thus far, and that includes a sub- supplemental draft picks that happen on Raw Talk. On the SmackDown side of things, we had their number one draft pick being, for the men, Roman Reigns. Their number one female draft pick being Sasha Banks. And then we had Seth Rollins, Bianca Belair, Jay Uso, Dominic and Rey Mysterio, Big E remained, but technically we'll consider a draft pick. Uh, Otis, Bailey, the Street Profits, Daniel Bryan, who returned this week, Kevin Owens, Baron Corbin, Lars Sullivan, Sami Zayn, who still is the Intercontinental Champion, Cesaro and Nakamura, uh, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, Apollo Crews, The Riot Squad, Natalia, Carmella, and Aleister Black. So that's the draft, but here's the, the breakdown and that lovely analytics word. Uh, For the women, Raw drafted 14 women to SmackDown's seven. Raw drafted six tag teams, so did SmackDown. Four of Raw's six tag teams were men. Two were women tag teams or female uh, tag teams. On the SmackDown side of their six, five were men, and only one was a female tag team when it comes down to storylines going forward raw had three carryover storylines from 
previous roster setting to now. So Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton is still a constant. The Hurt Business versus Retribution is still a constant. And coming from SmackDown, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss and this Fiend thing that's going on is still a constant. So three carryover storylines. SmackDown only had two carryover storylines. Uh, Roman Reigns and Jey Uso, that was a, a stay. And they had the carryover from Raw being Seth Rollins, Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, and uh, Murphy and Aaliyah, and whoever else, else in the Mysterio family, um, that storyline carried over. So based off of that, and I just want to get your impressions, and uh, KG, you go first. Um, 14 women on Raw versus seven on SmackDown. Does that show... Uh, a renewed interest in the women's division, whereas SmackDown previous, before the draft, was heavier on female content. Uh, tag teams, about the same, but uh, Raw had one less men's tag team than SmackDown. And then the carryover storylines was pretty much really, in my opinion, the true telling of the design of this year's draft, being that What's going to put butts in the seats and take us to Survivor Series and lead into the World Rumble and et cetera? They did not change those on those particular networks because folks are vested. They left that alone. They only moved just a little something here or there uh, to give uh, a secondary primary storyline. So, KG, what was your thoughts on the overall draft? Uh only thing it was missing, honestly, was the call-ups. I was expecting, uh, Jesus, I can't even think of, um, I was expecting uh, Undisputed Era to come up because they're long overdue. But outside of that, I like where it's going. Um, I believe that the women should be dominating Raw because remember, mm, not too long ago, i say it was a few months, Raw had one of its highest rated shows and the women main event at Raw and they were prominent throughout the show but they main event at Raw and they closed the show and you know this is pre-COVID but the thing is they closed the show and everybody was there for it. I mean that's why the, 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 the ratings were so high because everybody was there for the women and it's like you were expecting that on Friday Night Smackdown it's like they couldn't bring it but it's it's better on Raw I'm glad that they, they went uh, woman heavy at Raw, that's going to make me want to watch Raw even more. So, Alright, cool. With that uh, thought in mind, James, uh, do you think Raw is still trying to get back its mojo in a female division since Becky Lynch left? Or do you think it it's the same potential without Becky Lynch? I don't think Becky Lynch was much of a factor. I mean, she's going to be her. She and Charlotte are going to be gone for a while. So I think they're just trying to bolster the women's division on Raw a little bit. Plus, you know, you got all these rumors about all these women that are coming back, like Ronda Rousey. Uh, I read somewhere that Victoria is thinking about coming back. Uh, there's been a leak about AJ Lee coming coming back. And with all the um, talk about the women's evolution pay-per-view that may be going on. They may be trying to do something with uh, 
try to bring that to the forefront. So I think it's, I, I think, I don't think Becky and Charlotte or uh, their absence was a factor in it. They're just trying to bring up the women's division on Raw. Okay. And then uh, what was your overall impression on the draft? Uh, it kind of went the way that I thought it would. Uh, I would like CAG said, I was kind of disappointed there were no call ups from NXT. I felt that the Titus O'Neill pick was a wasted pick. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I was shocked too. Like, yeah, why? what for what purpose? For what purpose? And then, uh, with uh, Mr. Brown knows what's his name on uh, the uh, the one of the, the, the annoying one. Oh, on, you gotta on, be a little on, bit more specific than that. No, nah, well, you know, Byron, Byron Saxton, him talking about, yeah, he's such a such a humanitarian and all the good work he does outside of WWE. He's a great pick for other. I'm mean, just trying to fill it to, to explain why. But let's be honest, he's just a tall and I don't want to use a word because I don't like it, but a jobber. Like you've got choked out twice on the technically now defunct Raw Underground. And they haven't given you any type of respect in the ring since you were a tag team champion. Rocking the millions of dollars. Now it's like, oh, Titus O'Neil. Okay, and moving on. And that's pretty much how it is right now. Is well, it- maybe it has, maybe in the sense of what I'm drinking tonight, the redemption rye. Maybe this is his redemption story. Good segue, you know? James. I'll give you credit for that one. So go <laughs> ahead and tell us what you're smoking and with a little bit more detail into what you're drinking since you segued in so cleanly there. Well, I am drinking the redemption pre-prohibition revival rye. Very beautiful 92-proof uh, rye whiskey. It's very easy on the pocket, very easy on the palate. And it's going very well with the Las Calaveras 2019 cigar that I'm smoking, which is just a beautiful stick. Just beautiful. Well, thank you, James. So since uh, you feel it all nice and smooth, I'm going to let you touch bases on your impressions of the Wednesday Night War. That being AEW versus NXT. So I'm going to give a a quick, for lack of a better term, side-by-side comparison of what the the mainstay matches were between the two. Keep in mind that AEW, it was their anniversary show. So both shows open with the tag team match. Uh, Undisputed Era on NXT versus, uh, that being uh, Fish and Strong, versus um, uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. On the AEW side, we had FTR versus Best Friends. From there, on NXT, we had a nice vignette about Ember Moon. We had uh, a couple matches here and there with some of the the talent that they're bringing up, like Jake Atlas uh, versus Ashanti the Adonis. And uh, we had Austin Theory versus Johnny Gargano, Shotzi Blackheart versus Candice LeRae with a nice little interesting uh, story building thing with Indy Hartwell, uh, Robert Stone, 
and Aaliyah had a run-in with Tony Storm, who was good to see back. Um, Imperium versus uh, Drake Maverick and uh, Killian Dane. And then the main event was Damian Priest versus Dexter Loomis, but then it also looped in uh, the storyline between Loomis and Grimes. On the AEW side, after the main event, uh, we had uh, Miro come in because he was mad at Miro and Sabian about uh, the destruction of their pseudo arcade game accidentally by uh, Trent. But uh, we had MJF and Jericho have their stare down and conversation promo to lead towards their steak dinner next week, quote unquote. Uh, a crazy uh, segment between uh, Britt Baker and Tony Schiavone in um, a massage parlor. We had uh, the first sub-main event, which was uh, Orange Cassidy versus Cody, uh, which went to a time limit draw. That segued uh, into Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara renewing their uh, rivalry. Hit Carl Sheeta in the second sub-main event. Uh, Sheeta defended her title against Swole. And then in the main event, we had uh, Moxley versus Lance Archer um, in a no-DQ match. So that was pretty much uh, what happened on the side-by-side between NXT and AEW. So I said, James, I will let you give us first your impressions on the, this week's edition of the Wednesday Night War. Well, like you said, even though the AEW was um, an anniversary show and it was kind of loaded, especially with the Cody Orange Cassidy match and the Moxley, um, Moxley and um, yeah, you just said his name. What Lance his name? Archer. Lance Archer. I know him as Lance Hoyt, you know, yeah. more so. But, um, yeah, um, it was they, they were pretty even as far as I was concerned. Um, the matches that they had, um, NXT had were pretty good matches, especially the uh, Shotzi Blackheart and uh, Candice LeRae match. I enjoyed that one pretty good because uh, I like that I like that they're pushing Shotzi, even though she's supposed to be the host of Halloween Havoc. Mm-hmm. Kind of pissed off that they're still that they're using that, but in that uh, fashion, in NXT fashion, or yeah, not in the, in the the just main period. event of how it should be. No, I'm just saying. Period. Them using um, Halloween Havoc. Period. You know, so that's a dusty. That's a dusty um, product. Yeah. So, you know, being the day, being the day, screwed Cody out of his name and that um, trademark for that for that uh, pay per view name. You know, uh, along with others, you know, it kind of it's kind of upsetting to me. But um, the way that they're doing that, kind of like a slap in the face to Cody and the Rhodes family. But um, overall, you know, I, like I said, I, I put them about even. I don't put either one over the other this week. Um, they were pretty much about even across the board. All right, KG, Wednesday night war. What's your thoughts? Well, I guess I gotta I, I gotta take the normal path that you gentlemen take because I, I I felt that I have not been bringing it these past few weeks. So let me let let me pull up some numbers here and and try to come off and and, and put it into perspective per se. Um, this is the Wednesday Night War 
as they call it. Uh, AEW won this week. They drew 826,000 viewers on TNT. Uh, NXT only brought 651,000. AEW ranked number 15 and the cable 150, while NXT ranked number 51. Now, in viewership, AEW was 60, and NXT was 71. This draft, to be quite honest, was your chance to... You're already winning uh, Monday and Friday. This draft was your chance to possibly start picking up some wins or at least putting more viewership in your pocket. And I think that's where WWE failed at with this draft. I mean, everything was good, but not putting the must-sees on NXT and and bringing some of the other folks up and, you know, kind of reshaping the NXT roster. It's going to hurt them in the long run. That's speaking from a business side. From a fan side, I'm just, I'm, the simple fact that, I'm sorry, that AEW made it to a year when people said that they would fail and wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be anything within six months. And that's a lot of people that's going to eat their words. Now, AEW could be bigger than what they are and could have more money in their pocket if they would listen to us and do, uh, when worlds collide, pay-per-view, you know, everybody eat, set the table, everybody eat, but I'm not going to do that again. I'm a year older. I'm a lot more wiser. So I'm not going to go there. But uh, AEW is just, they put together a better show. And I mean, rightfully so, they they won this week. Uh, Speaking of AEW, before I throw it back to you, Don, I had a gentleman tell me on social media, well, actually it was a meme but he was defending the meme that in Cody's eyes, Cody thinks he's his dad. He thinks he's Dustin. But in actuality, Cody is Jeff Jarrett in everybody else's eyes. And I'm like, who the hell thinks like that? Jeff Jarrett took TNA from a small, fledgling NWA territory and turned it into something bigger. He isn't the reason that TNA fell off and became just impact and cable show. He isn't the reason. Blame Dixie Carter for that. Mm-hmm. So, the, the the number one, what Cody is doing, he's taking what Jeff Jarrett did and expanded it and made it a lot more successful. I would love to see Jeff Jarrett in AEW. Well, also, you got to remember that um, Cody also has, kind of like the WWE, just have to call a spade a spade, uh, a buffer in Tony Khan. So, even though you know, Cody is, if they wanted to make that comparison, Jeff Jarrett didn't have a buffer. He didn't have anybody uh, ciphering through and, and and saying, yes, no, I'll think about it. Uh, whereas Cody, mm-hmm. Tony Khan's come out and said, yeah, we said no on that. Or Cody said something. He said, hold up. This is the actual reality. So Cody can think what he wants, but no, this is really what's really going to happen. So uh, Tony Khan in a couple <laughs> tweets says, Mike checked uh, Cody. Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks. <laughs> so he has no problems correcting what he wants to have happen with that brand. And uh, I think that's what really is keeping it successful. Didn't Jeff Jarrett buy 
he actually bought TNA from his father, correct? He bought it from Jerry Jerry. That was his territory. And he bought it from his father. He was running it with his father. Then he bought his father out. Right. His father, correct? Yeah. And he took it to the next level. No, he and still I, did a phenomenal job. I'm not taking anything, but I'm just saying from that comparison, no, no. what they're trying to say, you know, Cody's has the buffer. So that way, because, you know, TNA was still in a like an ECW smaller scale, whereas uh, AEW is like zero to massive arenas. Well, and, that was you know, that was the case up jump. until that was the case up until Dixie Carter's father, through Dixie, wound up buying out the, uh, the majority of TNA, mm-hmm. and then and then Jeff Jarrett was going through a whole bunch of stuff with TNT and Spike and whoever else, you know, you know, kind of. Telling him, yeah, yeah, you can do this. No, you can do that. You can't do that. And, you know, so he had his issues too until he was abruptly let go. So, um, yeah, and he Spike had his screwed issues. everybody. So, <laughs> and I, then where I, are they I now? Never where are they now? They don't exist. And then we, you know, TNT, they screwed themselves out the pooch too because they lost their number one, truthfully, money draw in professional wrestling because they didn't want to be a wrestling company and what were they showing for the longest period of time law and order mm-hmm. not saying there's anything wrong with that but what's what else is happening it's kind of like the the mtv effect one point we know them for music television these kids they don't know what the m stands for in mtv but i guarantee you they can name everybody on team mom yeah which is a trash <laughs> taking yeah. over. It's like, how many challenges can you see? Now, the only show I'll defend, just because I don't care how many times I watch it, is still hilarious. It's ridiculousness. Even though on the weekends, it's pretty much the only show on. But it's ridiculousness. Shout out to Rob and the crew. But, but uh, it, yeah. Here's a question for you, gentlemen. Now, I mean, I know I'm going off topic, but it, I'm curious. With what TNA did, with what little bit that they had. Now, what AEW is doing, AEW is going head-to-head with um, WWE. I mean, understand it's the, it's the baby show, but it's only the baby show for now. It's not going to be like that always. Well, you can't call it the baby show. Well, they, I think that now they're kind of sliding back <laughs> quietly into that little pocket that we're in, but for the longest time, uh, NXT was the better product. Yes. So as when they pre-COVID, when AEW was debuting, NXT was the better product. Up until COVID, NXT was the better product because we knew of nothing else. Once every month to a month and a half, even if the other shows were storyline building and seemed like it was drawn out, you were guaranteed a takeover that was destroy every other WWE pay per view, even the night before. You know, you truthfully will be gassed out from TakeOver and be like, oh, man, I don't know how I'm going to make it to the main event because I'm emotionally drained from everything that happened last night. That's true. But so with, with now, TNA, now. you had Main Event Mafia. You had the X Division. You had so many good things. Now, oh, yeah, Aces and Eights, Black Machismo. Oh. I mean, they, Hogan, <laughs> Bischoff, uh, Sting, Kurt Angle. Uh, you know, they, they, they had a lot, a lot of talent now, in TNA. Look at what you have with AEW. 
AEW has a lot of talent. And this is why they're dominating in the ratings. I'm just looking at this from a number standpoint. This is why they're dominating in the ratings because of the amount of talent that they went out and they got everybody was patient. I mean, they were talking about winning ratings war before they even wrestled one match. They were just showing up at indie shows. Or oh, you know, you know whose name you know who did that. That's all I call Spade a Spade, Chris Jericho. That was his big picture thinking on focusing on the ratings war and yeah, we're gonna win the ratings war. Everybody else was focused on, okay, we're just getting our name out there. We're going to wrestle and we're going to cut promos and do these things. But Jericho was focused because he knew that, you know, just call a spade a spade. You got your box office draw. I'm going to give you what you need. Just have to support people and the right people to go through these matches at the right time. So that way I can help, uh, you know, lift these other folks up, these young, you know, come uppers and, and stuff like that. So bringing in uh, the, you know, creating the inner circle, having Hager, having Santana Ortiz and um, uh, Sammy, you know, bringing them in. And then everything else started to, to mold and go from there and everybody else that he was working on until they just decided they wanted to do the TNT thing, the TNT championship and start bringing people in from others. I mean, that was all Jericho. He was he was your name. Moxley wasn't. Because you, you didn't know what you were getting. You know, if we were getting Dean Ambrose or how was that going to work out? So you couldn't bank on him. We saw that Kenny Omega wasn't going to be the cleaner. So we have to negotiate how that was going to go. The Young Bucks did the smart thing. And they um, said, hey, we don't want to win our first let private party get the push. So that was smart. So they promoted uh, a young up-and-coming group. Uh, extremely young, up-and-coming group. So that was smart. And then uh, with Cody making that decision, hey, I want to go through the storyline. I want to get this really impactful and, and pull at people's heartstrings between me and MJF. That's going to make him a household name as a, a top heel. But at the same time, that's going to take away what people think is going to be that Jeff Jarrett nepotism and put the belt on myself more often than not because, yeah, I'm one of the execs. So removing him out of the equation from the world championship, which he will be world champion, it's inevitable. We're just going to have to figure out how they would write that storyline in and allowing Jericho to, to carry the mantle successfully. You know, I think that was just, just smart thinking. But like I said, part of that, I think, is Tony Khan trying not to be Vince from an outsider's per, per, uh, perspective. And then the insider advice that he was getting from people that just left WWE on what they didn't like and what would be smarter and how to really run it. And if we want to be more old school territorial ish um, in reference to the feel, you know, WCW ish, or did we want to go into the sports entertainment side of things? Or how do you sprinkle that in? And how do you allow people to have opportunities to wrestle that normally wouldn't on a WWE show or even a TNA show? Uh, you know, people like Sonny Kiss, um, uh, oh gosh, uh, Nyla Rose, uh, a couple of different examples. Those are, you know, the polar opposite of what you would normally see. And then also you're, you're sliding in others that have been around for a while that most of the mainstream wrestling TV audience hasn't seen, like um, the Lucha Bros, a private party, and, and other people. So it, it was just all smart thinking and planning. 
So when they pulled the trigger and they had the uh, press conference in Vegas and started getting the ball rolling, leading towards announcing that they were going to be on TNT and the first viewing to the first pay-per-view to everything else, they did it right. And they made it a year. But I will say, since we're talking about it, bringing it back to the topic, and then, James, you can chime in, I, unfortunately, have to be the uh, bearer of bad news. I NXT was NXT. You know, they did what NXT is doing right now. Uh, we'll see if they can have a better takeover. But for an anniversary show for AEW, I was not thrilled. Good matches, but I just didn't have that same fire and excitement as the first show. I would think that 12 months on my anniversary show it doesn't have to be overly gimmicked. It just has to have a different feel. I would have maybe instead of immediately going into FTR versus best friends, I would have had uh, a Cody come out and, or Kenny Omega come out and, and, or the entire league, whatever, come out and say something or Tony Khan come out, which would be kind of Vince-ish, but still because it's, you know, been a year instead of him doing it in dark, do it on camera and address everybody. We know he's there. Something to just lead into, get you emotionally invested in, and then boom, you have it, and then it carries on from there. Like I said, they had good matches. Uh, I wasn't, I think Orange Cassidy and Cody could have had a better match. I think that may have been their first time wrestling in general, so you can see a lot of feeling out of how to work the Orange Cassidy gimmick. Um, But on this next one that they're going to do in two weeks, I guarantee it'll be night and day versus this one. Uh, Sheeta versus Swole was good, but I would have put the belt on Swole uh, because I think she could cut better promos and her energy when she comes out. I think she deserves that. And her versus Britt Baker would be a better match versus Sheeta versus Britt. And then uh, Moxley versus Lance Archer. It was okay. Um, you know, I like the end of it with the Tony, uh, I'm sorry, with uh, Eddie Kingston coming out. Uh, I just like him as a talker. I want to see him have a better match with Mox, but as a talker, Eddie Kingston is is the guy. So that, that was just me. You tell me what you think, James, about uh, what KG said, or if you think I'm off base. No, I don't think any of you were off base. That's why I was so quiet and just listening, because, I mean, everything that y'all was saying was pretty much on point. Uh, again, I... But well, I'm thinking that you were thinking the way that you were because they might have put more into the 30th anniversary for Jericho and probably didn't think out or have anything left for the anniversary show. They kind of played down the anniversary show to give 30th anniversary a little more oomph, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's an interesting way of thinking about it. Or you could just do two dominating shows and and have, uh, actually, if you really want to show your ass, have a show on Friday so it'd be a two-parter. Why not? Nothing else. Yeah, what else, what else you got on TNT on Friday? <laughs> so make yeah. it a two-parter. Show that, hey, we can pull numbers on Wednesday and beat you, and we can go up against your uh, your draft on Friday. Why not? 
it's our anniversary week. TNT is is reaping the benefits because the sponsorship is great. They're winning the ratings war. Uh, even though the WWE wasn't even calling it a war. It's a war. Jericho's even calling it a war. It's, you know, you're getting your ass kicked. And you can only do that for so long on USA before they start thinking, do we really need this show? Because you could just throw that back on the network and we can show Chris Lee's nose best or something <laughs> for two hours. Oh, Who knows? Oh, so, no. But I'm just saying, you know, if that's getting more viewership and gets gets better sponsors, then they just going to do what they got to do because it's about the money. Raw is going to be raw. That That's flagship. So that's long. That's longevity. That's vested. They'd have to do something egregious that would piss off the network for Raw to have a problem. SmackDown could go and it could come. You know, we've seen it bounce around from different networks. It is what it is. But NXT is expendable, unfortunately. No, but, I don't you know. think that. I don't think that. Oh, yeah. NXT. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it could go back to the network if NXT, USA NXT said it. Keep them, it's keeping them relevant. Pretty much as far as I'm concerned, because you could you probably keep USA that. relevant. No, I'm kept saying keep a WWE relevant. Yeah, but I'm just saying for, I'm speaking from a USA standpoint. It's expendable. Yeah, that, yeah that's so, what I mean. You yeah, know, I'm from a WWE standpoint. I'm just saying from USA, if they had to get rid of a show because they wanted to bring something else on, they're not going to get rid of Raw. Because yeah, Raw, yeah, if nothing else, is still pulling strong numbers. Going up against Monday Night Football, and both of them are cable they networks. You show the twenty-first season of Law and Order SVU all day on yep. uh, Wednesday if you wanted to. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So <laughs> instead that, of showing those, WWE has to fix the problem and and set NXT up. And you know, certain people, yeah, do they need to come back and or have runs that didn't have runs in NXT? Absolutely. Stop treating it like the C show and treat it like a good show, a good brand, a brand. Because if it's all about the dollars and cents, first, Vince, get your hands out of it again. And then second, let's get back to the state of affairs of where it was, where we didn't know what was going to happen once that first major class got pulled up. And then now we've got we had people like Keith Lee and Bianca Belair, Street Profits and all those folks, you know, exploding on NXT out of nowhere. Let's get that again. But the only way that's going to happen is... The thing, you know, they, the thing yep. they figured out what they were going to do, like unlike what they did with the Vault Villains and mm-hmm. and, uh, and, uh, and uh, the Viking Raiders and, <laughs> and a whole bunch of others yep. that they, they brought up before. And but then yeah. the second thing is, AOP even though... And, yeah, I don't know if you guys saw uh, for uh, Talking Smack, you had Triple H and Stephanie for the um, the season premiere on there. And Triple H said some amazing things about Bianca Belair. What he needs to do while Stephanie is there and everybody else is, they need to go in the back and have a conversation with Vince and say, hey, if my people are coming up, they need to come up with the same level of curated um, effect that they had in NXT. Don't change the theme song. Don't treat them like crap. Don't put them in dumb storylines. And yeah, they're moving up and you have a great opportunity, but what are we doing with you? Versus I just left the entire crowd chanting my name and jumping up and down and doing all this. 
and I granted they were on the network, you know, for some of these folks that are, are coming in. But now that you're on USA, there should be a lateral move. If you go over to Raw, they know who you are. Keith Lee, they knew who he was, and we should have had the same entrance for Keith Lee. Change, you know, let him get a new outfit, give him some new gear or whatever. But well, they did that. glory should have I like been. His, I like his new gear right now because that's yeah, what it's, he was, it's cool. What he had, what he had going on in NXT, man. I was just like, come on, man. Right, he was just body, uh, body though, positivity. That was that was well. Still, I mean, that's what he's been. That's pretty much what he's been wearing all through his indies. Right. Still, but but, but I like what they did with his uh, gear once he came up. I'm cool the music, with that. But you saw the reaction, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Keith Lee's gonna get gonna get a good reaction anyway. I mean, he's he's just but, he's just know. a good good guy. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna do he's gonna do well. Right. He's got that, he's got that charisma. He's a big guy. You know, Vince likes the big guys, so you know he's and he, Vince is loving this guy right now. So, and if I'm not mistaken, I think they're gonna they're getting ready to put him in a program with Seth Rollins. So. That's gonna be a, that should be a pretty good matchup for him, you know. Just, yeah. just, just sit under the learning both tree. Both of their charismas clashing against each other, you know. That should be pretty good TV. Yeah, he would also be in a uh, great if they were on the same brand to do it with him and um. Uh, actually, I think they are the same brand. Him and Dolph Ziggler. Dolph yeah, they Ziggler are. Is great, great for. Uh, Helping to uh, you know be that that tutorial promo wise and everything else. We know Dolph's not yep. going to win a match, but he's going to give you enough to work to become better uh, at at cutting promos and, and giving the feeling and and bringing people into the match and everything else. So you know, yeah, there's a lot of people Dolph, to learn. But for the tag team situation, though, yeah. But I'm in. just saying that there's people there for him to have Keith Lee. That is to have some great matches. But then you have other people. Pronouns, son. Pronouns. Thank you, sir. Uh, other people like uh, uh, Dominic Dijakovic. Oh, we've lost him. He's, you know, in retribution and what's happening with them. Who the heck knows? You know, if we would have brought uh, uh, Damian Priest, his entrance wouldn't translate. It wouldn't. It would just fall on the wayside because they wouldn't give it the same level of curation uh who else has is, is got a, a, a uh oh gosh dexter loomis great character i don't think they would let it carry over the same way that'd be the equivalence of alistair black they don't even have him coming up from uh his little device anymore so they need to stand up for the nxt talent and say, Vince, don't screw this up. Make them look as good as we made them look. And I know that's a big statement saying that to Vince. That's why Stephanie would say it. Because <laughs> what are you going to do? Fire her? She's like, yeah, I'm in a family. I'm rich anyway. Does it matter? So, I don't know. She's been selling off a lot of stock lately. Of course. They all sell off the stock because they know what to do. Like I was watching something on the left side of things where one of these senators – uh, they were doing an advertisement saying, yeah, uh, once COVID started, they bought a lot of Netflix stock and sold stock in um, arenas and, and uh, professional teams and stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah that's uh, pretty messed up, but that's pretty smart. 
because <laughs> Netflix stock went through the roof um, during this whole COVID situation. Uh, professional teams, not so much. So, yeah. I'm sure I'll get into some of that Zoom stock. Yeah, it's hard these days to try to find that thing That's- to really gamble on that could explode at any time. You know, I think even uh, uh, that uh, Bitcoin is hurting right now. But that Zoom stock, that Zoom oh, yeah. stock, days in a row. Like I got a, the Zoom stock went up like three days in a row. Like I got a friend, he invested in Zoom maybe like three weeks ago. She's already positive like $170. She just put in a little bit. She said she's going to put in some more. She's going to buy more. And, you know, and I, I was like, once you, if you put in $60 and that stock goes up to 120 you got your 60 back. Then if that stock doubles again from that 120 to 240 then at 240 to 480 like you operating in a black, pretty much you're playing with house money. Mm-hmm. And you got your investment back and then you've made a profit. And that's what I try to explain to my kids. I try to explain it to anybody that'll listen. Once you get to the point where you're operating in the black on the regular, it is a beautiful feeling. I swear it is. Yep, to not owe. Be able to make decisions that you wouldn't normally be able to make because you're sitting here worried about, well, how am I going to rob Peter to pay Paul? Mm-hmm. Or how am I going to walk in the house with this wrestling belt? <laughs> you can gamble a little bit more, too. You can You can take the 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 black profits put a little bit to the side and you can reinvest another sixty dollars in something else to see if you can double that triple that next thing you know you'd have made more you're just putting yourself more and more in the black you gotta be smart yep i mean scared money don't make money but you gotta be smart that's a that's a good thing maybe that's something i know uh, bj had uh brought that to us not too long ago Maybe that's something that um, he wouldn't mind uh, on behalf of the sideline junkies. You could talk to him about it, doing a Facebook video, just putting it out there. Because we, you know, for the Facebook group and uh, you know, or just anybody under the auspices of the sideline junkies, and he could just put those websites and stuff that uh, he's been going through and and testing and and seeing. You know, just cut a little video about it. Because I don't remember all the sites that he had mentioned. Uh, what was it about maybe about four or five months ago that, mm-hmm. that he sent us that message? But yeah, if he could put that up there on behalf of us, just you know, every bit of good advice helps. You know, you just laid down some gems there, and as long as we're not talking about being in Vegas, then yeah, <laughs> you know, don't go uh, play too hard in the paint because you can lose real quick in Vegas now that it's open. Yeah, and I don't uh, know if you guys have been paying attention, but I'm like, man, you don't even hear too much about the lottery anymore i mean yeah they they still do the lottery uh picks and everything but you know how this time of year you're like oh man powerball is at so-and-so and people are you know lining up you know to get their powerball tickets yeah people are saving at two dollars no because they they playing the regular lottery they're playing the state lottery instead of playing the powerball and mega millions they playing the state lottery yeah stretching that dollar out Scratch off for something where that has a better yield. People are, yeah. are doing things a lot differently now because they don't want to take that, you know, risk and it's not going to get up to 300 million because, yeah, 300 million dollars worth of money ain't going into it right now. 
But I, I know a guy, I'm not even going to put his name out there, but I know a guy that plays pick three and pick four in Maryland. And when I say he, he knows them numbers, he knows them numbers. 500 here, 250 there. That money add up. Yeah, because you and can all, only do but so uh, those numbers but so many times. It's an algorithm. When, once yeah. you have that worked out, your probability, I mean, it's still random, but your probability will increase. So, you know, same thing like uh, the slot machine. If somebody just won, you do not sit down at that slot machine. Nope. You give it about, on average, uh, 30 oh, to uh, 60 more plays. You know, you don't sit down right down there because you are not winning. This machine hot now. Let me get yep. on there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Next thing you know, we've lost your house. Like, yep, that's not going to work. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Uh, I think uh, that, that was a good little first half. We're going to be coming back in a moment after the push to talk about uh, some hell in a cell love. That magical time of year is upon us once again where we have hell in a cell. Not too far away, believe it or not, the way this year is going. From Elimination Chamber, freaking uh, the Royal Rumble is uh, a stone's throw away. Because if you go into a store right now, you've got Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas all in the same place. So once we cross the threshold of October 31st, we'll be looking at Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Valentine's Day all in the same place. That's how crazy 2020 is. So you can pick up your Valentine's card, your Christmas gift. And some um, something for the turkey all at the same time. Isn't that great? <laughs> or horrible. And we still have a little bit more time in 2020 to get a couple more of those FU2020s out. So uh, either way, <laughs> which is sad to say, the way this year is going is like, God, we still got about almost two months. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, Wakanda forever. So. Well, let me say this before we go to break. Yeah. Something special is going to happen here tonight on the Saturday Night WrestleManiacs presented by the Sideline Junkies. You getting married? You get the sister wife? We're not going to talk about that on air. Oh, I'm just checking because maybe she'll let you get that wrestling belt. But go ahead. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> tonight? <laughs> You're going to hear a total of three songs. So when you hear those three songs, write them down. And there will be a post underneath the post that, that's promoting this here Saturday Night WrestleManiacs podcast. Name those three songs and we'll see. We'll see if we can we can probably dig in the bag. I don't know. I don't know what the swag bag looking like, so I don't want to promise anybody anything. But I'm, we're trying something new. If you can name the three songs that are played during in between this episode. I'm sorry. During this episode, name the three songs, and we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do for you. We can do something for you. So, yeah, you know, could be a bar of Nubian Sumo ice cream. Who knows? Could could be a wrestling buddy. Yeah, it, it melts. It doesn't ship very well. No, it's gonna melt. That's that's pretty much all we can say. Because uh, anything else. I'm quite sure James is ready with the uh, the letter M and the number two button. So <laughs> uh, can't can't finish the rest of that uh, iconic tagline there. So it melts. 
<laughs> I want to say it so bad, but <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh gosh! Oh hell! You know it's gonna melt in your mouth and not in your hand. So it, it, just like that, <laughs> you are listening to the Saturday Night WrestleManiacs presented by the Sideline Junkies, and we will be right back. Welcome, welcome to yet another installment of the Push. Delonte representing the Sideline Junkies, and uh, this week's um, episode, I want to revisit a wrestler that I spoke about um, several months ago. Um, I wasn't impressed with him then, and quite frankly, I'm not impressed with him now. Uh, I, I I'm not sure why. I'm I'm pretty sure there probably are some wrestling fans that are thinking that um, he's going to be the next big wrestling star, but me, I just don't see it. I see uh, the great colleague 2.0 um, or, ban- or like an enhanced version of Bam Bam Bigelow. And I'm talking about uh, Lars or, or Lars Sullivan, um, the freak. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I, I see him as, as a, as creative events forcing him upon us um you know he has the same shtick which is uh he'll, he'll run in he'll attack smaller frame wrestlers um and he'll hit was it the freak ending um which is a basic like <clears throat> half sl- uh, slam like a um kind of like a half variation of the the choke slam um I don't know. I, I just it, for for me the vision isn't there. Like you know, and, and I, I mean no disrespect to the guy. Um, you know, he he's a professional wrestler, so you know that's that's saying something. And he's a professional wrestler in WWE. It's definitely saying something. There's a lot of guys that are uh, wrestling independently that would definitely prefer to be making the big contracts in the WWE. But this guy, he just you know he. Oh, it's just like it's like I seen this before. It's like I seen it in one of the WWE video games. You know, when you create a wrestler, and you got the guy. You know, he got the he breathing all heavy and he foaming at the mouth, and he just you know he's large and he walking and just you know invincible. Um, you know, I, I I would take Lars Sullivan seriously. I think they need to insert him in some major feuds soon. Um, Give him a match with Braun Strowman. Give him. Um, I've seen him fight Keith Lee in NXT, which was actually a good match. Um, he won, but you know Keith Lee, you know, gave him a, a great fight. Uh, put him against the Fiend. You know, uh, you know, let let that run through your 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 mental. Lars Sullivan versus the Fiend. You know, the Freak versus the Fiend. Bray Wyatt. Um, that would be a compelling matchup. But him running in and beating up Rey Mysterio and Jeff Hardy's and John Morrison's and the Miz and was the Lucha House Party like I'm I can't I I can't take this guy seriously. Oh, who else he be a Kurt Angle. Um I I can't I just can't take him seriously. It's like I seen this before. It's like it's kinda like when Ryback came out 
and he's like, hmm, I think I've seen it. I think I've seen this before. His name is Goldberg. Lars Sullivan is like, I've seen this before. His his name is, I don't know, the Great Tali. Um, well, you, you know, <clears throat> they, you know, Vince, you know, they, they have like these big, you know, big guys, you know, they're they going to be monstrous hills. And then once they lose that first match, you know, they turn into the giant. You know, the giant, you know, he, at one, when he first came out, he was indestructible. Now, you know, he, he's he's the vet that puts over the new talent. Um, so, I don't know. You know, creative, you listen to this, I, 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 you know, just need to see more from Lars, Lars Sullivan. You know, put him in some more uh, reasonable feuds. This is Delonte representing the sideline junkies. Shout out to... Numi Sumo, KG, and Adon. Everyone be safe. Peace. Thank you, Delante, for the push. We appreciate all your contributions to the show. And we are back with the Sideline Junkie Saturday Night WrestleManiacs. And uh, we're going to Put in. We we're going off script a little bit, off to the production notes a little bit, and we're gonna bring in the PWI Women's Top 100 that just came out this week. Uh, I want to go through the top ten with you uh, to to see what the fellas think about what uh, how everybody fell. At number one was Bailey. Number two was Becky Lynch. Three, it was Oscar. Charlotte Flair came in at number four. Sasha Banks at five. Number six was Hikaru Shida. Number seven was Tessa Blanchard. Riho came in at number eight. Io Shirai came in at number nine. And Mayu Iwatani came in at number ten. So, um, fellas, uh, being that Bailey Ben was upset about getting the, having to share the cover with Sasha Banks, what do you all think of uh, the top ten? And uh, is there anything, anybody that you want to know about that's in the top hundred that you think should be on the list? I think, if anything, if you're going to share the cover, if you have to have a shared cover, it wouldn't be number one and number five. Number one and number two, I can kind of see. But number one and number five is sounding more, quote-unquote, political for storyline purposes. And I thought that was supposed to be autonomous in how they, you know, showed things, I guess, on the cover. It's almost like the Sports Illustrated cover. If you're on the cover of Sports Illustrated would pick to be on the cover, you kind of don't want to be sharing it with another person that didn't get picked. That, that's in my opinion. So yeah, Bailey should be solo. That's almost in my, I would like a knock against Bailey. Like, why am I not solo on the cover? Not like you had to do a photo shoot and you picked through photos. Y'all took to photoshopped uh, cut out images and put them side by side. Why the hell isn't it OG Bailey versus current Bailey, uh, longest reigning 
SmackDown Tag Team Championship tagline, you know, all those type of things, I think would be better. And then it's also interesting that Becky, I guess it depends on when they started factoring this in, because Becky hasn't been around for some time. So did y'all just start picking this in 2020? Because if you're basing off of 2020, Becky technically should be an honorable mention. And somebody else should be in that spot. So that, that's my takeaway from at least the top 10. What about you, KG? Uh, two questions about, you know, top 10. Now, if I'm not mistaken, if I heard you correctly, the top five were all WWE women wrestlers, correct? That is correct. Now, we talk in 2020. Granted, we're not at the end of 2020, but I think, in my honest not so expert opinion. I think there's other names that should have been in that top 10 list. Uh, despite her flaws, despite her, her mouth, Tessa Blanchard should have been in the top 10. Well, because, she's number seven. She needed to be in the top five. Yeah, top five. I'm sorry. She should have been in the top five. Look at what she accomplished this year alone. She was the impact heavyweight champion not women's not women's not practice Wait, not, not a game not a game we're talking practice she was the heavyweight champion of impact for what four months five months mm-hmm. which yeah i mean by all rights from just uh unprecedentedness yeah she should have been in that top five for that and yeah uh, I, course- I definitely disagree with Becky and Charlotte being in the top five. But yeah, go ahead. And of course, not to sound like a fanboy, but uh, you already know what I'm about to say. But Jordan Grace should be in the top five too. Look at what she did. Look how long she held her championship. She held the championship for what? A year? Not even, it wasn't a year. It was like six to eight months. But the run that she had, she's got dudes scared of her she's she she is trending on that china level where dudes don't even want to get in the ring with her i just the same way i love china i love jordan grace the same way she is an absolute beast inside the ring and outside the ring she's great at marketing it'd be an honor to have her and her husband on the show little q a old school wrestling i'm just saying i mean just putting it out there. Um, <laughs> but I, I just, I feel she should have been higher than what she was. Um, like you said, it, this seems like this was fan generated. This don't seem like this is done by experts of the field. This, this is not a list that was made by a Don Rodriguez. It's not a, a list that was made by the Nubian Sumo because these are Two gentlemen, not because I work with. Oh, you, you don't want my list. You still mad at me over the Legion of Doom? <laughs> I'm gonna put Jordan Grace at number forty-five. See, there we go. <laughs> not, not, not because we're family, but I know you guys know what you're talking about, and you're not gonna, you're, you're gonna put allegiances to the side to get the job done. I you, did that, you, and you still mad at me I because every criteria, knows. criteria. See, that's the problem. 
everybody knows, not the Legion of Doom, everybody knows the Road Warriors is the greatest tag team of all time, and right behind them is the Heart Foundation. I thought it was the Killer Bees. I said that in jest. Oh. Everybody be knows. On, don't be hating on B. Brian, B. Brian Blair and Jumping Jim Brunzel. Everybody knows the Road Warriors are the greatest tag team of all time. These dudes had cats so scared, they didn't want to get paid, they left. Like, packed their bag and left the locker room when they found out they had to wrestle them. Roll out. I'm, I'm, no, I'm not wrestling them. I'm gone. Well, was there any other names that y'all thought, uh, that y'all wanted to ask about? Cause yeah, where, where did uh, Nala Rose place? Nala Rose placed at 16. Mm, okay. What about mm. Britt Baker? Britt Baker is at 22. Wow. Should have been high. Should have wow. been high. Way higher. Wow. Bianca Belair came behind her at 23. I don't agree with that either. Um, uh, just because you, you weren't super high on her coming back. Uh, where was uh, Ember Moon? This will show us where they started this at. Where was Ember Moon? Uh, looking, 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 looking. Uh, don't see Ember Moon. Okay, wow. she's been out most of the. She's been out the whole year. She just really came back. So, she's been out for yeah. what last summer. So this, uh, yeah, this puts them at the end of last year starting. Because Charlotte oh. recently just went out, so yeah. we know Charlotte was on SmackDown. Because otherwise, she would be off the list as well. Okay, according Becky to, was still a factor. According to what I'm the, uh, according to uh, the article that I'm reading. Which is uh, I can't read who the, who, it, who it actually uh, wrestletravel.org. They they were they're going by they're going by the uh, they were talk they did an article about the um, PWI top women's uh, one hundred. They said um, the top ten was dominated by WWE stars ranked wrestlers from October two thousand nineteen through October twenty twenty. Okay, looking at so criteria, yeah. looking at criteria like title wins, quality of opposition, wins and losses, overall activity, and the push received by the promotions or promotion they work for. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Now, so that would put Ever out of it then because she was yeah, injured so before. Now that would keep Charlotte and Becky there in. There are some. Some key names that uh, come up are Rhea Ripley at 11. Uh, We talked about uh, Jordan Ripley at 12, Shayna Baszler at 13, Thunder Rosa. What about Taya Valkyrie? Taya Valkyrie at 17. Okay. Uh, Kaylee Ray, the uh, NXT UK champion at 18. Kylie Ray at 19. Nikki Cross at 20. I said we talked about uh, uh, Kari Sane. uh, Nikki Cross came in at 20. Um, Kyrie Sane at 21, Britt Baker at 22, Bianca Belair at 23, Dakota Kai at 24. Uh, I'll skip down to Alexa Bliss at 27. Mercedes that was my next Martinez. question, yeah. Mercedes, Mercedes Martinez at um, at um, 29, uh, Mia Yim at 36. That was Big my next question. Big Swole at 39. Uh, one of Where our favorites. Uh, Stephanie. Uh, 
Stephanie didn't make the cut. God dang it. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie didn't quite make the cut. Yeah, sorry. She uh, made another cut. Wow. Me too. <laughs> no. Me no. Too. Dang. You that, you coming. Get... that made up for the other Guys. one. <laughs> 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 made up for the Eminem joke. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to have to take that bullet. Me too. Yeah, going all the way down to 100. I'm not sure. I think I've seen her a couple of times, but Mrs. Irrelevant, as they say, and as they use in the NFL draft, number 100 was Max the Impaler. Um, I did see her on um, NWA Power a couple of times. Uh, she's a big. She's a big girl. I think she's like maybe six one, about two fifty. Mm-hmm. What, what's uh, her name? Again? Max the Impaler. Yeah, she's she, she's a she's a pretty imposing figure in the ring. Claude have mercy. Yeah. So uh, you got um, Liv Morgan at eighty four. Mm-hmm. Uh. The uh, Nia Jax, wow. Nia Jax is 69. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm me too in this article. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say, yeah, you just read read numbers. I'm just reading numbers. Go ahead and keep my comments to myself because I had something lined up, but I'm going to go ahead and cheat. Here's, here's, here's an interesting pairing um, between between um, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. Uh-oh. Who got, who got the Duke? Oh, uh, Peyton Royce. AG? Mm, I say Peyton Royce. Peyton Royce at 57, Billy Kay at 59. Wow. And Billy Kay actually got a couple more tag wins. If uh, my remembrance is coming to me correctly, uh, did more of the pins. Than but Tate I think they should be higher. As a, as a collective, they should be higher in the 50s. Look how long they were uh, tag team champions. And they just separated, which I think was a dumb idea. But this is why... I don't think Peyton Royce, I think they're giving her too much credit. Um, sorry about that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I think the, the better promos and talent is, is Billy Kay. Uh, you hmm. got, um, let's see, where is she? Natalia came in at 53. That's a travesty. Uh, uh, Penelope Ford at 48, Shotzi Blackheart 46, Tony Storm. Shotzi is doing better than Natty, but then they tout that Natty has had the most wins out of any female in the WWE. That doesn't make sense. Fanboy, somebody else that I'm not seeing on this list either is Lana. What about she didn't uh, really wrestle? 
She doesn't really wrestle, but she has. I mean, last, she yeah. she wrestled, but she didn't really wrestle. She was mostly involved in that Rusev Lashley thing. She didn't have any, maybe maybe one or two matches, but it wasn't anything heavy. What about Lacey Evans? I know Lacey Lacey Evans better be higher in the thirties. She's higher than Natty, I guarantee you, Travis. Uh, Lacey Evans looking. I did see her. I'm trying to find her again. Lacey Evans at 43. Get the f- <sighs> The simple fact. Lacey Evans has to be one of the best female heels in the game right now. Because not yeah, only she's does... Still, she's still learning. She's still young in her career. True. I, I, she hasn't got it 100% yet. She got it enough that she's playing it to the hilt on social media. Real when they went to Canada and she got the ticket and she went off on the police officer, even though the police officer was in on it and everything, and they played it up. I think he got in trouble for that too. But yeah, but it's Canada. It, it, it like don't do it anymore when you go with boot. No, hey. you got. Got, you got companies that tell you that uh, and uh, organizations that tell you that, that if it's in your contract or in your employment agreement that you can't do that. Um, some I just read a story about a woman somewhere in, here in America. It wasn't even You're in talking Canada. about the newscaster that was in that the newscaster uh, that was in the Adam Sandler movie. Playing a newscaster. Yeah, playing so, a newscaster dressed up like um, Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn. Yeah, and she wound up getting fired. That, that's a stretch. You know that was in she her can contract. fight that, that. That that's a stretch. It, I'm quite sure that jargon didn't say you can't play what your position is because that's not a, a contradictory thing. And it can't be like, well, you address as Harley Quinn. Have you looked at some of these uh, female newscasters, uh, uh, Facebooks and and stuff like that? You know, from that article, there was a lot of people just showing their pictures of uh, what they had posted on other women's Facebook pages. I'm like, uh, Harley was kind of tame in some instances. But I yeah, I did it. see that article. I was like, yeah, that's that doesn't even make sense for that, what, 30-second spot? But I'm quite sure, you know, if uh, Sandler and Happy Madison see that, okay, you lost that gig, but we're going to retain you on and put you in several other movies and yeah. then you'll make quadruple the amount. She needs to use that parlay on that to try to yeah. make her a career. Yep. Um, I see Naomi came in at 63. Mm. That should have been a 60. Hey, let's go ahead and talk about uh, <laughs> our next part. <laughs> yeah, we can't say what that should have been. I'm not trying to get no Usos beating me down. You're going to go to Uso Penitentiary. Mm-mm. My mama said I can't go to any penitentiary. Oos or no oos. Trying to get me too again. That's what that I, is. I can't even go to uh, reality of wrestling with Booker T. <laughs> so none of that. But <laughs> thank you, James, for uh, breaking that out. PWI, thank you for uh, compiling and, and doing all of that for the list uh, for another year. Uh, it's a whole other 12 months worth of us discussing the pros and cons of your decision-making. But uh, at, at the end of the day, um, you know, it's good to see that 
the women are being talked about in any capacity concerning that yeah that whole evolution thing is kind of pushed on the back burner but we're still focused on it no you're not so moving on to uh what i think is arguably the best and emo- most emotional storyline in wrestling period right now and you guys can correct me if i'm wrong on saying that but roman reigns versus jay uso leading into hell in a cell and the amount of emotion that's being invoked without the needed aspect in this case at this point of paul Heyman. paul Heyman is more like an accent but uh just this this past on smackdown i mean roman is, is showing such uh, another layer that it's like I would never want him to be facing again. To be honest with you, as good as he's playing as a heel, and, and you know, if they can take this beyond Hell in a Cell and make this into something, they just need to disband Retribution because it won't matter if the consequences is like we talked about last week, and the Usos and Naomi have to be willing participants and the family quote unquote business that Roman Reigns is going to take forward uh on the smackdown and dominance so uh tell me what you guys think like i was like in awe of how amazing it was you could see mark henry just almost with his mouth open during that whole moment with the chair and how roman is saying i if you see what i did to him being braun strowman choked out Braun Strowman and then beat him with the chair. What do you think I'm going to do to you in Hell in a Cell? You know, and then even when Jay, you know, he was telling uh, Jay, hey, I love you. I don't want to have to do this, but I'll beat that ass. And then Jay turned right around and said, I love you too. <laughs> and then it started beating the Roman with the chair. I mean, it was just great television. One of those once in a while diamonds in a rough you got the rocket ship and it's just gone you didn't even have to ignite the the fuse you didn't have to count it down it just flew and i think vince knows it everybody knows it and they're just letting it happen but of course that's only on smackdown it'd been great if it was on nxt because aew will be done but you know that's just one brand so i'll leave it up to you guys to uh tell me how you feel about the storyline Go ahead, KG. Well, I found a bit of information that I've been holding close to the vest, keeping it in my pocket. But I'm sure you fellas already know. So it's about to become, it may become a family affair before the end of the year where you'll have one cousin versus another cousin with the bigger cousin talking about coming back and having a match with Roman Reigns. And that bigger cousin is none other than Dwayne. Exactly. Now, I don't think, I think, I don't think The Rock coming back, interfering in this, I mean, I would bring the whole entire family back. And just kind of you make it like uh, you, you bring in Nia Jax, you bring in Tamina, you bring in um, The Rock's mom, 
you bring in the whole entire family. You kind of make it. You know what like you got them. in the lightning in a bottle has struck uh, and been caught for the second time because this is nothing other than potentially if it goes the way you're talking, uh, Owen versus Brett. God damn it! You stole my damn thunder. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> you take it too long, man. I'm, take I'm it too trying long. to Take it too long. You're over there just putting it on the pallet. I'm trying to put it on a platter. I, I keep telling you, if I set the table, everybody eats. But that's basically along the lines of what you can turn this into. And remember how good that was. What was that? Early to mid-90s, that feud? Remember how good that was. And this generation doesn't know anything about that. And then How you could, good Mama Heart did, because she was crying. I, I remember that like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. So do you think that they'll bring, they'll try to stretch this out into WrestleMania and do that? Bring everybody in? It'll be yeah. a way of, I mean, it's, 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 like you said, they're bringing in the rock. They're bringing the rock for what? Like Royal Rumble? Well, it's alleged. I mean, it hasn't been yeah, it's alleged, so you gotta think, if it does if happen. It all depends on if Vince gets his wish. If Vince gets his wish for Florida, to put WrestleMania once again in Florida, non-COVID, you know, we can pack the house type of thing or come pretty damn close to capacity at that stadium, then yeah, it'll happen. Because it just has to be a big enough payday. Yeah, he'll have, he'll probably have another movie coming out around that time. The, the, well, I mean, Fast 53 is coming out. <laughs> but here's the thing. I don't uh, think when is, it's... Uh, when is Black Adam coming out? That's Next still year. to be determined. That's still, no, 2022. We got two years for that. I don't know. A lot of things are moving up because certain movies are getting bought by Netflix and and um, other streaming services straight from, you know, what it's going to be like Borat, which I can't wait for is on the 23rd. Uh, Borat mm-hmm. 2. And then uh, just saw somebody else's movie got bought. Uh, something major. I can't think of it right now. Yeah. Got bought. So it's, it's you know, that, that landscape is changing, especially with the movie theaters, uh, the major chain shutting down. So they've got to find other avenues to, to recoup and get this money. So it could get bumped up because they don't have to go through everything to set it up to put it in theaters. It could just go straight to streaming. You know, the only reason he's going to come back is to promote a movie. Oh, yeah. He's not coming back just to come back for a storyline. He's coming back for, for a motor movie. Yeah, it's always one hand washes each other. Right. I, That's I don't, why I was I, asking about Black Adam because if Black Adam comes is coming out around anywhere around WrestleMania time, they'll probably stretch this out and have that match during WrestleMania and like you said, include everybody in the family on the front row, you know, mm-hmm. to, uh, to uh, build that, to, to kind of finish out that storyline or, uh, you know, uh, stretch it out t- toward what will be the end. Yeah. And they say if Vince gets his wish, then the the smart play for the treatment for this uh, to set up the match is for The Rock to come back maybe two weeks before the World Rumble and have interactions with. Um, I don't know if they're touring again. Then you know, obviously, it would be in L.A. And then that's how they would cross paths and. Roman and his infinite cockiness would rub the rock the wrong way, forcing the rock to put himself into the war rumble, a la win the war rumble. And that would qualify him to be able to challenge for the championship. 
But then Goldberg is also saying, and we did see him in the background for SmackDown, that he's interested in a championship run. Well, yeah. he's got more well, matches. Challenged, yeah, well, he's challenged for the championship. We also have not seen Brock in quite some time. So even though they're both Heyman guys, it is what it is. And if we're talking WrestleMania and everything else, but Brock also hasn't been drafted or hasn't been sequestered. They'll probably put him on Raw, but um, he could go to SmackDown. Who knows? We could finally get that high-powered Paul Heyman stable. I mean, I wouldn't be uh, remissive. Paul would also uh, be the advocate for Dabakato. Because you definitely don't need him talking. But you need somebody to talk for him. Interesting as well. And whoever that big black dude is, that was a doorman for uh, <laughs> Raw Underground. The now defunct, potentially, uh, Raw Underground. We need him signed to Black Power. Yeah, he was supposed to be under, um, what's his name? Malcolm Bivens. Malcolm yeah. Bivens was his manager at one time while they were or, or supposed to be when he was still in developmental. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they're gonna I don't know if they're gonna continue doing that, especially now with uh, that tag team that he had being defunct now. Yeah, so it's, it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. But uh, yeah, I said if Vince gets his wish, then it's you know pat, time to pack the house, and we still have. The Hall of Fame that's still up in the air that, you know, they're not going to do it on TV. They're going to do it with uh, a packed house. So we still have to do last year's Hall of Fame. Or is this going to be an extra long Hall of Fame thing or two-night Hall of Fame something? We still have to have that happen. So we need to start thinking about the next class of the Hall of Fame. So, yeah, a lot of it's going to be contingent on uh, where WrestleMania is going to be this year. But the next class of the Hall of Fame is easy, you know. Uh, the Godwins, Haystacks, Calhoun. Owen. <laughs> if you, you, you wouldn't even have – you could do Owen just for two – that could be 2020 and 2021 Hall of That's Fame play. If you're going to do it, you got to pack the house. You got to do something different. You got to give the people what they want. Batista you know, style. You know, we, you, the perfect venue for that, you would have to do it outside. Do yeah. it in uh, the L.A. Coliseum because the L.A. Coliseum seats 110,000. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine you put the stage in the, in, 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 in the middle of the stadium. And then you no, they're not doing that anymore. <laughs> That's done. Last year ended that, remember? With uh, Bret Hart. Well, yeah. That's how, that's how they were able to get to Bret. It's because it was that center stage deal. that They said after that, it's done. They will never do that again. Okay. But, I mean, that's that's the way to maximize capacity in the L.A. Coliseum. Because you got center stage, and then you're putting a barricade. And then you got the seats around that that's going all the way back. And it's going to the track. And then back to the stands. So, you you thinking, maybe, maybe. If it's possible, and we are in trying times, mm-hmm. you probably can get a quarter of a million people inside that stadium. I'm quite sure, yeah. 
and something that may sound controversial or one-sided or or um, biased, but I would put Stephanie in the Hall of Fame this year. Well, she is one of the greatest women champions. She should be. Well, no, I mean, just for she's getting all these accolades for outside the ring, so I think that would be a good case for her to just go in the Hall of Fame as setting off the McMahon uh, wing with her grandfather. And that would be just a, you know, a good family moment. Um, you know, just, just to get Vince out in front of the camera and, you know, th- those type of things that, to give that visual, even bring Linda back from uh, whatever she's doing for Trump, bring, bring her in there. Mm-hmm. You can finally okay. see the entire family, you know, all her daughters, all Shane's um, sons, you put her in. And then after that, uh, you could put, Shane in, or you can flip flop, put Shane in, and then put Stephanie in. Shane has the body of work as well, from the wrestling standpoint, as we all know, and a crazy standpoint. But uh, I think it's time to put because Triple H has been in, so why not keep it keep it going with the family? Triple H should go in, and then also, also, not first ballot is Undertaker. If it's not going to be Owen, first ballot, first pick, without question, is Undertaker going in this year. Hmm. As your as your headliner, that's that's a non-negotiable at this point. Hmm. So yeah, it'd be Undertaker, Shane. If you can do Owen, uh, I'd do Owen. Um, I'd put uh, Mean Gene in twice. <laughs> um, you know, hell, I didn't put CM Punk in. Just because of COVID. Like, 2020 was hell. Put CM Punk in the damn Hall of Fame. Why the hell not? We put Warrior in. Yeah, but CM Punk deserves a another run. I'm just saying. Well, he's off commentating uh MMA, so who knows if he's going to make those type of decisions. I doubt it. If anybody, it would be AJ on a comeback. But, you know, CM Punk, I, I don't think it would be as impactful as when he was wrestling before. Like, it would have to be one of those one-offs, hey. like with Edge. Stone Cold needs to have one more match, but he doesn't really care. <laughs> Just one more. And Sting still wants Undertaker. But that's a whole other story. So, any, any other thoughts about uh, KG or, or, or James about uh, the Samoan Dynasty's uh, issues? Well, apparently it's uh, this is a uh... This is too good, and it, it, it's it's being hyped up perfectly. It's being done excellently. It's just my question is: Is the payoff going to be as good as the setup? And I've been thinking about that all week about the setup, the setup, the setup. How good is the setup? Can we have a a, a good enough setup to the point where? The payoff is so great that we're saying 
match of the year. Not match of the night, not match of 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 the month. We're saying match of the year. That's gonna be hard to say. Cause in the same pay-per-view, Bailey and Sasha, and we already know what Sasha can do in Hell in a Cell. So that 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 match, I am truthfully, I'm looking forward to the end of Roman versus Jay, just to see what the consequence is. But for the duration of the entire Hell in a Cell match, Bailey versus Sasha is what I want to watch. Now, see, I got my opinions on that too. Uh, I, I don't want I don't want it to be overhyped and underdelivered. I don't want that. I don't need that because this is. Well, let me ask you this. What's going to be your main event? Jay versus Roman or Bailey versus Sasha? And I think Jay, Bailey versus Sasha can stand on its own and be the main event. Jay versus Roman is going to be the main event because that's the more compelling storyline. That's the one that you can sizzle all the way through the pay-per-view. Um, so I hope they don't lead with a Hell in a Cell. I would sure give will. it. Yeah, I know, unfortunately, but I would uh, do two matches and then Hell in a Cell, two or three matches, finish. But then again, like I said, because Bailey and Sasha is going to be that barn burner, having them first, but everybody else that comes after that has got to bring it because we're going to be gassed. They're going to blow us up. Fuck. So we're going to be tired <laughs> emotionally. And mentally, uh, and potentially physically drained by the time we get to Roman and and uh, Jay. But then again, hell, you could turn everything on its ear and do that match first. Mm, no, but then what if the what if that's like an awesome match, and then the rest of the pay per view doesn't live up to that one match because you got botches and and, and missed spots. And- well, that was just going to be physical. You know, they're beating each other, running into cages and, and things like that. They're not going to have, in my opinion, as many spots as we're going to see with the women. You know, that chair thing that they did in the last Hell in a Cell, um, you know, that that was ingenious with the, the chair on the, uh, the Kindle sticks, I think it was, or something like that. So that, mm. that, that, that was just a, a smart spot. So, I mean, you can't go wrong either way. But, um, yeah, we just got a lot to look forward to. Well. So, I guess uh, with nothing else uh, need to be said, might as well go ahead and bring us home, James. You brought us in. Might as well bring us home. Oh, I think you dipped out again. I think James having a little technical difficulties on his side. Oh, I think we may have really fired him. You have to check on that. Well, I guess you go ahead and uh, tell them where they can hear us. Well, of course you can hear us right here on our home, Anchor FM, uh, our sponsor. Um, You can hear us on Spotify. Uh, We've moved from... What what did we move from? We moved from Google Play, officially. Google Play is going away. We're going to Google Podcasts full-time, uh, Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, jeez, uh, you name the, the streaming platform, and damn it, we there. So you can always Google us, and you'll know our logo, black, yellow, and blue, sideline junkies with the mic in the middle, or it may be white, blue, and yellow, but it's sideline junkies nonetheless. It's us. So uh, Saturday Night WrestleManiacs, and don't forget, name the three songs that were played during this podcast. It's going to be one. No, I'm not even telling you where they at. Listen to the whole podcast and just find out where the songs are hidden in the podcast. Three songs hidden in this podcast that are actual songs, actual snippets. Find the three songs. Tell us the three songs and, you know, we'll get you a, a, a Nubian Sumo ice cream bar. So There you go. Try and get me in trouble again. I'm not. That's what the people's choice. He, he runs this show. I'm just I just show up every week. But he said ice cream bar. I said a wrestling bar. And when I say wrestling, buddy, it might be a pillow or something like that with a face drawn on. I don't know. Speaking of which, I need to go to Walmart and get some pillows. I got a cooling pillow from Walmart. Absolute fire. My wife stole it from me, though. Love you, babe. That's always how it goes down. Yeah. Well, all right, man. It sounds like uh, we, we locked it down for another time. Yeah, so we, we, we talked about Betty and odds makers and things like that with Las Vegas being opened back up. This show is going to be posted on Saturday night, which is 11.14. Now, this show is going to be posted before 12 a.m., number one. Number two, wake up with the sideline junkies in the morning for the Sunday rise, NFL week six, the boss BJ, myself, the big guy KG, running down the news stories, game of the week, our must-win games. You know how we do on Sundays. And if you want to bet, <laughs> you want to bet with us because our records are either on par with some pundits and so-called experts or well above expectation. This is our, what, third season of doing this? First season, we won 200 games a piece. 200 games a piece. Last year, we fell off a little bit. We only won. I think the most we won was 198. I got a man. I got the book right here. Shoot, come on. But we are. Yep. We no. I'm sorry. We won 166. Was the uh, the tops. So, I will say this. We are the ones that you want to bet with because. We don't lose very often. In three years, nobody has lost 100 games. So get up with us in tomorrow morning and check out the Sunday Rise so you know who to bet on, all right? And if you win, give us a portion of your winnings. Maybe not James, but everybody else, yeah. <laughs> Pay us. <laughs> so... That's the People's Choice Don Rodriguez. The new James is fired. He had to step away. I'm the big guy, KG. We are your Saturday night WrestleManiacs. You already know the motto. We don't do no overtime. 
We are out of here. Peace. And if you're on your bike tonight, do wear white. <laughs> okay. <laughs>